Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Unraveling Technology Podcast. Me, Joe Tonks, joined as ever by David Johnson and our man on the mixer, Adam Willerton. You all right, guys? <laughs> I don't That's think he's good. ever been called that before. <laughs> like I'm it, looking though. at the man with the mixer. I like it. That's good. Okay, um, welcome. How are your week's going? Uh, I feel very tired. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's probably a combination of work and having too much on and also not going to sleep when I should go to sleep. All this tireless podcast research. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you, Adam? Everything um, all right over in social media land? Yeah, it's fine. I think the fact that we I came in and we both thought it was Wednesday probably tells you everything you need to know about this week. Yeah. It's as weekends go, flying. And weekends go quite fast anyway, so this is... Uh, and it's not even the weekend, so... This is a bullet train this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, first off, David, I've got some fantastic news. Okay. Um, the spelling mistake on the new Dropbox website is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of context. Um, Dropbox, that most famous of file... File sharing, kind of... Um, syncing, backing up. Keep all your files in the cloud. They've had a little rebrand. Um, have you seen this, Adam? No. Okay. I mean, I suggest you take a look because it really is something. Uh, it's, after... it's kind of like they picked out a whole you know, range of different swatches. So like they generated maybe a page full of supposed designs. Like we could have this one in like sort of reds and maroons and offset that with that and we can have this in blue and this over here in yellow and mm. they went yes we want all of it we want all of it and we want it right now it is all the colors mm. if you go to um dropbox.design there's a you can see kind of like a vertical slice kind of a bit of a mood boardy kind of thing of all the new branding including their fantastic their astounding new uh, fonts group what do they call it Sharp something, I think. Sharp something or other, yeah. It's, um, hang on, I've got it here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the right. It's the aptly named Sharp Grotesque. <laughs> it's a particularly uh, elongated font. It looks like it's kind of been stretched a bit. Um, the more I look at it, the more I like it. it is, there's a lot going on, an awful lot going on. But I think this is kind of, um, I think Adam's just getting a look at it here. Adam's... Wow. David's giving him the rundown. Um, lots of sort of pastely colours. Um, lots of harsher colours like. as well. It, it's it, like an art exhibition, isn't it? It's, I guess, I mean, that, so they've got a, a section which is just the new Dropbox logo in various colours on various backgrounds. Like Andy Warhol's. Mm-hmm. Like Andy Warhol's, picture, yeah. yeah. That's kind of like the whole website this whole design website is just lots of different colors on different backgrounds i think i think the, the my favorite part the most the, the the bit where we reach peak pretentiousness is the bit where it talks about the new logo so our old logo was a blue box that implied dropbox is a great place to store stuff yeah the new one which looks kind of the same except it's just like drawn with more more lines and is a little bit more abstract it's cleaner and simpler, and we've evolved it from a literal box to a collection of surfaces to show that Dropbox is an open platform and a place for creation. Dropbox. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, uh, we were having a little look through it yesterday, and and uh, I happened upon one particular part of the website where they'd left a spelling mistake in, and I thought, oh, come on, Dropbox, come on. And uh, I tweeted it out at them. And Adam called me a grass for it. <laughs> he replied and said I was a grass for pointing it out. But lo and behold, less than 24 hours later, it's been it's been rectified. They didn't tweet back at you, though, did they? No, they didn't. They didn't even give it a cheeky like. And let's not pretend that it wasn't me that brought it to their attention because no one else was being that um, finicky, pedantic, whatever the word is. I've got a bit of an eye for that kind of thing. <laughs> like, um, you're spelling mistakes. Like that one on the billboard. I saw it again the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I don't know what the bill. I don't want it's advertising. It's the one near. Uh, you know when you're going along. Uh, <laughs> Just blinded by the spelling mistake. <laughs> yeah. You know when you're going along um, Peniston Road, 
and you've got the uh, there's like a, a garage on your left hand side, mm-hmm. and there's kind of like a big digital billboard there. Keep an eye out when you're going home tonight. It's it's like a dark background. It's got red the word opportunities on it, but opportunity is spelled with three P's. And if you're listening, Mr. Billboard Man, fix it because Dropbox responded in less than 24 hours. It's going to turn out that that is an actual deliberate and very integral part of their marketing campaign. And if you stop to look at what they're actually advertising, then you yeah. would have noticed that. Which I can't because I'm in a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really, I saw it, there was an advert for Nintendo Switch on the way home yesterday. And it was one of these smaller ones, you know, the ones they've been showing the IKEA adverts on. So wordy. Yeah. Like, even if I was walking past, I don't think I could take all the information in. So, taking all that in, as well as keeping an eye out in the general road area. Maybe they're just banking on traffic jams and people being bored and sitting there looking for something to do. And, yeah. hey, there's a wordy uh, advert to read. I suppose I shouldn't be complaining, should I? I guess that means my commute home's going pretty well <laughs> if I don't have time to read all of these billboards. Yeah. So uh, we're a little bit kind of... Well, I thought we were going to be a bit thin on the ground this week. And then Google gone done some announcing yesterday. So um, I thought we'd have a quick look at that as our, as our headliner for today. Yeah, there was a, a Google conference yesterday. Did you happen to watch any of it live or at all? Uh, I didn't watch it live. Um, I didn't watch the original thing. I, I found one of these, you know, I think it was The Verge's 19 minutes uh, compressed version. Hang on, I'm being... What's this better? Move it further away. Further away? Yeah. Like that? Yeah, because it keeps clipping and I can't get it to stop. Uh-huh. I keep saying... Well, I was just saying before we went on, there must be a year's worth of... Uh, like the the pop filter we've we've got on the microphone, we we have to typically be quite close to them. Probably gonna have to take them outside and bash them against a wall to try and get all the germs out of them or something, because they must have a year or two years worth of of people's mouths on them at this point. Uh, sorry, you were saying the Verge. Yeah, so I caught the Verge's nineteen minute sort of compressed version of the Google announcement. So, which looks like it might have hit all the major bullet points hopefully yeah. if there was anything they didn't cover then i don't know about it so so but. let's start at the top with the, the big big announcements not much of a surprise but the pixel 2 yeah i think a lot of the details had already been leaked about this as is current trends with mm. anything that gets announced is it called pocket leaking when you do it on purpose I don't know. I've not heard that before. Mm. I heard it yesterday in reference to, um, I think, Razer. You know, the guys that do all of the computer kit. Sure. I think they're looking at doing some kind of device. can't remember if it was a phone or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so Pixel 2 and 2XL. uh, Actually, Pixel, the fact that they're doing a Pixel XL, which is six inches, and I think the Pixel is five, I want to say. Finally, it's kind of a, a smaller, not small, but... And not massive phone. So as someone who's owned the Pixel 1 for a year, mm-hmm. what do you think? Are they bringing enough to the table with this new iteration? I think it looks good. Um, the argument that The Verge made um, and is that I mean, the, the introduction, I guess, to the whole Google, um, whole Google event mm. was that they are trying to focus more on their artificial intelligence than they are they, I think they use the phrase something like transitioning from being smartphone first or phone first to AI driven or something like that yeah, um, machine learning yes so basically they are not trying to hit the kind of best of the best technology although a lot of the stuff that's in the Pixel 2 is very good and very high-end smartphone and they've got supposedly the the best smartphone camera on the market in there which they also said they had with the pixel the original pixel um but they seem to be trying to compensate and do achieve similar things to other leading smartphone brands using artificial intelligence and kind of raw computing power Mm. so an example of that being they have so you've got the iphone plus with its two cameras Mm. where you can take uh portrait shots 
and it will use one camera to kind of focus on the face and basically get a, and the other camera to get like a two a 3d depth of field thing and Bokeh. figure out what's the background and mm. blur that nicely and bring the the face that you're actually photoing into nice detail and so on and google they have they've only got one camera on the back of the phone but it's using like double pixel sensors all right um something like that i don't remember what the term is but the idea is that every kind of sensor in the camera can see to like a left and right image that may be like slight like microns apart but from that and from uh, machine learning they can figure out take your photo your portrait photo and figure out what is the background and what is the face and then kind of blur out the background highlight the face uh, balance the colors and so on and they say that it works even against complicated backgrounds right, um, okay. you can use it for objects as well it doesn't just have to be faces so they are kind of they've got a um it sounds like they've not just got a standard camera but they're going for presumably a cheaper solution than having two highly powerful cameras and a much less bulky solution and are trying to hit the same level as the as the iPhones do that's pretty cool. Do, do you know, can, you do, can it do that kind of stuff after the fact then? I mean, if it takes the pictures and you've got your, I don't know, left and right channel pixels or whatever they're calling it, does that mean that you can then retroactively decide, I want to blur the background? But, uh, I'm not sure. I would guess that cool. would be down to the software. be interesting as well. It, it stores could, all that information. Yeah, or if it could do it on video, because that's one of the main problems, I think, with the iTunes, uh, the iPhone version, is that it's great for pictures, but you can't do video with it. Which might be a lot right. to expect, but I wonder if maybe if you can get all of the footage and then later on say to the phone, hey, okay, you don't have to do it in real time now. Take your time. Give us a flashy, nice, uh, faded, um, uh, what do you call it, background. Yeah. And yeah, go from there. I don't know. That would um, be good. I think this is probably wait and see when people start getting their hands on them. Mm -hmm. They uh, did, talking of video, they did show off some... Um, impressive looking optical image stabilization video stuff yeah do you see that i didn't know it's how are we talking like i can shake the phone quite vigorously so and get I some optimization i think what they did was mount two phones one with um image stabilization on and one with it off on the front of a motorbike and then drive along a very bumpy road yeah. um so yeah and you got version on the left which is shaking all over the place and version on the right which is lovely and smooth um, is the version on the left an iphone by any chance I, I presume they were both pixels okay just with the feature turned on and off oh right okay then but yeah they, didn't. they do like to take a shot at apple don't they <laughs> they didn't forego it this time either they had their little dig about storage full which to be honest i think they had last year i think i remember seeing the same thing last year with the storage full yeah Tell you what, they're not doing anymore though. Ripping on Apple for not having a headphone jack. <laughs> Should we talk about the headphone jack for a bit? Do you remember the advert from last year where it said, um, it came up, it said 3.5 mil headphone jack, uh, satisfyingly not new. Yeah. Oh, look what's happened. They've I got rid of the headphone jack. I guess, I guess they've got brave or whatever the phrase <laughs> yeah. was. So, what, what are they putting there instead? Oh, uh, USB C, the thing that charges. So it's basically. You know, exactly the same thing that the iphone did a few years ago where yeah. they got rid of the 3.5 mil audio jack and said hey we've got this brand new lightning connector uh if you still want to use your headphones in the box is a lightning connector to 3.5 mil adapter it's the same with the pixel you get an adapter that adapts usb-c to 3.5 mil so there's only the one port on the pixel too which mm. is USB-C. Mm. Which the... Um, oh, what do you think? You think that's... Um, uh, hippo... What's the word? What's hypocrisy, but as a verb or whatever it is? Hypocritical? That's the one. Hypocritical <laughs> of them? Um, maybe. I don't know. What's the, what's the smartphone landscape like at the moment? How many... 
how many companies have dropped the 3.5 mil jack because i imagine a lot of people have jumped on the mm. the apple bandwagon at least on the high-end smartphones yeah so you've got yeah that's the thing if you look at apple and these uh, pixel phones and i guess samsung's that's going to be the majority of your 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 market at least kind of in in europe and the americas yeah in the high-end sort of yeah top in the flagship phone um arena samsung note and galaxy 8 my understanding do do have 3.5 mil jacks because right. a lot of the people screaming and crying about this on forums are saying well i'm gonna have a, i'm gonna get samsung instead mm. so yeah fair few people that are upset about it as ever but i I'm, i wouldn't even mind so much if last year the line hadn't been let's rag on drilled apple in yeah for this exact same thing so there's lots of people saying oh well uh, you know this year uh google had a go at um the fact that you would have two different sizes of a phone and have one phone that's got more features in it than the other one yep. a la the uh, iphone 8 and uh, 8 plus or xl or whatever they were talking about so does that mean that next year they're going to have two phones with two completely different things on them yeah um, it's a bit of a dangerous game isn't it yeah talking about the uh the the, the physical but the look of it it's it's another kind of sleek black or white um block isn't it yeah it's, it's stylish it's got it's not bezel-less there's like um yeah. top and bottoms to it uh what people are referring to is the chin <laughs> on the phone and um, the the reason for that um is because it's got two front mounted speakers mm. so i guess you kind of can't have a complete you know iphone yeah. style new iphone style um or galaxy s8 style full screen Mm. without you know with still having front mounted speakers still if i'm being honest i'd rather have it the way they're selling it rather than cutting a big bezel out of the screen yes no yeah. i'm still not a fan of that but yeah, yeah. Uh, and they've they've kind of they've still gone for the aluminium and the glass glass back uh the glass back seems to have shrunk a bit from pixel one okay that's um, interesting so it's it's got a style it's noticeably a pixel it's good because it's aluminium, it doesn't have wireless charging. So yeah, I, I iPhone, see that. iPhone users have still got that. Seems like Google, it had a little play with wireless charging, decided nobody really wanted it and moved on mm -hmm. um, and hasn't put that back in yet. I don't know. I had the option and I never used it in my old phones, so who's to say? Fair enough. They also announced a few other things. So uh, another thing they announced was Google Birds. Google Buds are like um, essentially the earpieces, the yeah. Pixel 2. So yeah. it's it's hard to think about this and not compare it to the, what they call the Air... AirPods, pods. I want to say. Yeah, AirPods. Mm -hmm. So they charge uh, over using the USB-C. I think you get five hours talk time on them. One thing that I did see uh, was that apparently they can... They, they'll hook into Google Assistant, so Assistant will tell you things, and one of the big things that it does is it can tr translate on the fly into 40 different languages. Yeah, so they had a an impressive-looking stage demo, which, again, is going to depend on how it actually functions in the real world. Mm. But, yeah, so they had somebody wearing the earbuds, the Pixel Buds, um, uh, talking in Swedish, I think it was, uh, and their phone would translate what they were saying while wearing the earbuds into English, and then the other guy on the stage would reply in English, and it would translate it back into Swedish, and presumably just pipe it into her ears, although yeah. on the stage it was broadcast for everyone. So, yeah, that's that's a cool feature. That's, that's exciting. Cause Whether we're... it works in practice, I don't know, because it's, yeah. been, it's been a while since I've really translated anything in google translate but it's it it's, never it's used okay. to be perfect you could kind of get maybe the gist of what was being said yeah which to be honest that might sometimes be enough yeah you know, me and the wife are looking at going to japan next year for a bit and the one thing that you don't get with japan my understanding as opposed to say european countries is that because there's not a big english speakership there's uh, a lot less sort of accommodation for for English speakers. So a lot of people there won't speak. The majority won't speak English. Um, there's not a lot of English signage, things like that. So something like this, 
your, your Google Buds that will translate audio paired with something like the Google Translate app. So Google bought WordLens. Do you remember that app where you can point your phone at, at something and it will translate it into whatever yeah. language on the fly? They bought that and incorporated that into Google Translate. So that's in there free now. Yeah, well, um, I've been using that. I've been using Google Translate's camera. You know, point mm-hmm. your camera at something and it'll translate the words for ages. It's it's fun. It's fun <laughs> for a, uh, you know, like somebody, we had Joe Ford on the podcast. He went to Japan and he brought back some Japanese sweets. And so we were trying to translate the flavors on them to figure out what they were supposed to be. And <laughs> it did work, but it's kind of when you're dealing with lots of different creative fonts and you know, different sizes of text and stuff. It can be very sort of hit and miss as to yeah. what it thinks the word actually is and throw in like curved surfaces and stuff like that. Then it can be a bit I, I suppose it, Street uh, signs, I'm sure it would be fine with and when I suppose it's more creative that, yeah. packaging, then it's a bit harder. That's more what we'll be using it for. I guess it'll be, I don't know, just throw us in, sink or swim, we'll see what happens. Yeah. If we make it back, then it worked. Well done, Google Translate. But they yeah. also, uh, the uh, and yeah. the Pixel Buds have also got the kind of standard stop and start by tapping the earbuds or swipe forward and backwards to uh, increase and decrease the volume. That's good. That's uh, yeah, and they're one hundred and fifty dollars, I think. Uh, so yeah, that's nice. Google Clips. Yeah. Google Clip. It's an interesting one. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a sort of not what you'd expect. So one of the main arguments that you hear at uh, somewhere like, and I know this isn't exactly a great example because this isn't its use case, but you know when you go to a concert and everyone's like, oh, put your phone away, man. Just enjoy the moment. You're never going to look at this footage. Don't bother recording it. Live for the moment. Google Clip, their, their kind of narrative is a response to this. It's like a little camera that sits in your home and you don't have to do anything to make it work. It'll just sit there and apparently using... Um, using its image detection, facial recognition stuff. It will just, as you're pottering around the, around the house or wherever you decide to take this thing, it'll take pictures of faces and people that it deems interesting. So the idea being, you don't have to hold your phone. You don't have to be filming your your child, you know, so that you've got the memories there. Just just let Google Clip do it. So it's it's a hard sell to make this not sound like the creepiest thing on earth. Uh, it is, yeah. The the market that they're aiming for um, is parents and pet owners, basically. Mm-hmm. So the kind of the the polished videos and stuff that they were showing is like, hey, you want to spend some time doing baking with your child, and you'd like to take photos of that, but you can't just kind of like stop and you know, wash your hands and then get your phone out and take a picture and then you're not in the picture and so on. So instead, you get your little, your clips, you hook it onto your bag of flour mm-hmm. uh, and then it will just sit there and watch the two of you and using <laughs> its kind of... This is like 2001 space, on <laughs> it. Using, again, Google's artificial intelligence, which they're very much pushing in this whole, whole um, presentation... The- HAL 9000. It will determine when is a good time to take a picture. And it also takes, uh, I think, it's seven seconds worth of video around it. Mm. And the idea is that you can then go back later and review all the times that it's taken pictures. So you don't have to worry in the moment about whether it's a good photo or not. You just kind of get on with stuff and enjoy the moment. And then later, you connect your phone up to the camera. You have a look through all the pictures it's taken. It gives you little seven second video things so you can kind of export that as a video or you can um, scrub through it and find a nice still that you want to save as a high resolution image and then there you go and everything you don't want you delete and so on the the way they're kind of combating the the initial creep factor of this (laughs) is first off it doesn't have a microphone uh, so it doesn't record sound or anything and it can't be voice activated or anything like that. So that's something the, in the article we read, which was the, um, or the, the article that I, I gave us, which was a, a Verge article, I think, mm-hmm. mentioned that that was so they could also circumvent some wiretapping laws. And I didn't know whether that was a joke or not. <laughs> I was Googling wiretapping laws to see, is there, so, is there 
There's genuinely some reason that they can't just put this out there with a microphone on it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about which laws they're talking about. Mm-hmm. The, the general idea that stuff on your network could potentially be hacked, even, you know, hopefully it wouldn't. If it's coming from a company as big as Google, it should be secured down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having a microphone that's not available is is a good thing yeah. from that. Well, but yeah, they um, as well as it doesn't have a microphone, it has LEDs that light up to kind of alert anybody who can look at it to that it's recording or it potentially will be recording. They have very much made it obvious that it is a camera. So it's got a big, it's a, like a, it's a pretty small, apparently quite lightweight um, sort of rounded square shaped thing, but it's got a big camera lens that is very obviously a camera lens on the front of it. Um, and then the kind of key thing is that uh, it all of the machine kind of the artificial intelligence that's deciding what to do with taking pictures and stuff and the pictures themselves are all on the camera so Mm. it's not talking to the google network uh it's not sitting there uploading a stream of your video to some high-powered google servers that are then processing it and deciding oh your your child is smiling take a photo of your child now um (laughs) It's all on the camera, and yeah. you do access stuff over it wirelessly. So um, you do still have to connect it to your wireless in order to connect your phone to it and view the pictures. But in theory, according to Google, mm-hmm. it's not online. I suppose the way to do that would be to like block its IP to the wider world, see what happens, see I'm, if it gets upset. I'm sure there will there will be plenty of people out there who are going to try and sniff the track traffic coming off it and see if they can figure out what it's doing and make sure it is doing that like one day it'll go oh i've got a system update how do you know <gasps> rumbles i those ass- little legs it's out the door i assume it will still talk to google for system updates mm-hmm. but yes your photos are not supposed to leave that camera until you decide you log into it on your phone and decide that you want to upload it to your Google images or something like that. Thinking about it a bit more, it's not quite as creepy because if you think about it, you could just turn your your record button on your camera any on your phone anyway. Yeah. Um but also it seems a bit pointless if it's lighting up because if it's meant to capture sort of candid moments, if it's lighting up and letting you know it's recording, then it would take you out of that surely. Well, I don't I, it wasn't clear from what I saw whether it kind of lights up saying i'm recording now or whether it just kind of like displays an led when it's switched on and Mm. not in standby right um Mm. not clear on that one yeah but yeah the whole whole point of it is that you're supposed to be able to just set it up and forget it and then after you've finished enjoying enjoying being in the moment you can then go relive some of that enjoying living you can go back (laughs) this is one of those things though where you know they say oh technology just creates more problems Mm. you'll be you'll be baking a cake or something you're having a great time and then oh no we dropped the bowl of flour on the floor we all laugh we have a great time and then you'll be like oh did google clips catch that (laughs) that was really good (laughs) and you look over and google clips just sat there with no led on it and you're like oh that that would have been really good on video (laughs) (laughs) problems yeah yeah, uh, they also announced a couple of other things. Uh, they did uh, like um, uh, an Alexa dot kind of uh, Google kind Home of thing, didn't they? <laughs> Google Home, um, but the smaller one, like a dot. It's uh, yeah. So they've got the Google Home. They already have Google Home, and they've now got Google Home Mini mm. and Google Home Max, yes. which are basically yeah. The the Mini is the equivalent of the Echo Dot, and the Max is kind of the equivalent of the the apple speaker that's going to be released at some point it's so funny how we talk about google in relation to everything else that's more popular than (laughs) it you know what i mean yeah i mean they do they do trailblaze a lot of the time but they also feel like they don't really push stuff no so like voice recognition for Mm. instance i had that on android phones for ages and who cared and then siri comes along and then suddenly they're you know needs a name it needs a personality i think even cortana is like a bigger thing than google assistant maybe if they called it 
No. <laughs> gave, gave it a name. Yeah, I was trying to think of some names. Yeah. Gary Google. Gary Google. <laughs> Google. Gary actually, Google. right to the top of the charts. And people would trust Gaza Google as well. Because yeah. that's like... Bloke down the pub. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd trust Gaza bloke down the plug, <laughs> like, pub like, Google. Like Gaza Google, you're not stealing all my data, are you? It's like, well, mate, I wouldn't know how. Kind of thing. I can't even turn it on. <laughs> it was a system update. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe they should name it. Having yeah. said that, I think they've locked up the whole search engine thing. No one's going Google.com. You know, it's like, um, like what Yahoo's doing. I mean, yeah. they used to maybe let, say that. Let me just anymore. Bing that. Let me bring that. Let me Alta Vista that for you. <laughs> um, There's a new Daydream View headset. Yeah, new headset. Um, about twenty twenty dollars more expensive, uh, compatible with Pixel Two and the Galaxy range. Um, I, I don't know how that's doing really. Uh, Dom bought a uh, yeah. Daydream. You should ask him about it because um, a Chinese room, you know, the games company that made like Dear Esther and that, they've just released a Daydream exclusive game. Hmm. Um, but again, stick a daydream exclusive, so I can't really comment on it. I kind of thought about, huh? I wonder if I'll, because when the Pixel One launched, they that was kind of alongside Daydream and this whole sort of new, because they had Google Cardboard hmm. before, which is just kind of entry level, like you can literally go buy parts and build it yourself, or buy a anything ranging from five dollars up to crazy expensive pre-built mount for you to slot your smartphone into yeah and then daydream was a bit more i think just a more laid out list of standards um and they launched that alongside pixel the original pixel and i did think oh that might be something that would be fun to get one of those get a daydream headset and then play with vr because now i own the pixel and the pixel is supposedly been built with vr in mind yeah, yeah. and specifically for google get daydream but yeah never got around to it i'm sure dom's bored of it now you can well, probably go so and the, it the problem is we already suggested this um yeah. the problem is that dom has a pixel xl or the bigger one and therefore the daydream bigger one. oh right you have to get a whole bigger daydream unit yeah so uh, my phone doesn't fit in his daydream so i would have to buy my own or find someone with a smaller one yeah, but okay. yeah, the the new one lets you Chromecast to a TV, which fine. Oh, what's just so people, a casual observers, can see so, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, so you can you can use the Daydream headset and do all your VR stuff, and then your friends and family can sit around and watch it on the TV, and presumably get horribly, horribly motion sick as you wave your head head around and the you know view wildly swings on the tv i don't know i mean that's what it does with playstation vr you yeah. can watch what, what's happening and it's i've never felt sick watching it but i'm not really susceptible to motion sickness anyway whereas i am yeah it yeah. seems like mm -hmm. and i think it's got a cooling plate in it to try and like draw the heat away from your phone because your phone does oh, get very hot oh, in yeah yeah the, uh, i can imagine but yeah um, um cool there's that i don't know how many people will pick that up yeah. there's a google pixel book uh yes it's new uh is that a new chromebook essentially? yeah new chromebook new high-end expensive chromebook mm. um good got google assistant built in of course you can spend another hundred dollars on a uh, pen for it mm -hmm. yep Every, everything you'd expect yeah <laughs> google pen that's kind of like what apple does with a pencil right <laughs> right <laughs> All the surface does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's, uh, yeah, let's move on then. So the next one I've got is a Forbes article that begins with a little uh, little Richard Branson of um, the Virgin fame. He says, hang on, the screen's just gone to sleep. I believe that in 30 years or so, we will no longer need to kill any animals and that all meat will either be clean or plant-based, taste the same, and also be much healthier for everyone. Uh, so one thing I remember seeing a while back was the question. Someone posited the question. What will we look back on in disgust in like 50 years? So the, say, the way that we look back at things like uh, slavery and homophobia now, what will be the thing in 50 years we look back on and think, oh, what was that all about? And one of the, one of the big things that people said was, well, probably killing animals for meat. Um, 
there was a really good um I think you saw it, Adam, that Simon Simon Amstel Carnage quasi documentary thing. Do you remember that? I didn't watch it. Uh, I listened to an interview with him though, and it did sound really interesting. Yeah, so that was uh, that kind of like a fake documentary set in the future where no one was eating meat anymore, talking about the sins of the past and how humanity used to eat animals and used to, well, basically what the meat industry is now. Mm. Which uh, and what Richard Branson's talking about here, which actually apparently Winston Churchill. Uh, Kind yeah. of hypothesized. So I've got a quote here. Hit me. So in 1931, Winston Churchill suggested we shall escape the absurdity of growing a whole chicken in order to eat the breast or wing by growing these parts separately under a suitable medium. Mm-hmm. Mm. We will grow them on the beaches. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Had you thought of that before? Uh, a little bit. I can't. It was, it was a half formed <laughs> thought going on. Um, yeah, so the ability to grow meat as opposed to having to have this whole economy or system around birthing the animals which then need to be fed and grown before slaughtering. The ability to grow meat in it in a pod or however they do this. Less space needed, uh, less methane production, which is like a big thing with... Or just the general cost yeah, of there's a big, getting meat out. There's a big sort of argument about environmentalism and that one of the big major factors that's causing climate change global warming etc is sort of cutting down forests to create grazing land for animals and then you've got all these cows pumping methane out into the atmosphere and um yeah sort of polluting the ground and the and the water supplies biggest source of co2 isn't it cattle yeah, I think so. I was talking to John uh, just before we came in here, and he was saying that uh, he says that apparently it was a much bigger problem than anyone expected it to be. Mm. I don't know if that's because as a result of what we feed the animals or what, but yeah, it is I think a big contributor. I, I don't it? think that people will look back on it in disgust based on uh, you know like the humanity of it. I think it'll be that things will change because we can't do it anymore because it's so unsustainable. Yeah, I wonder if it'll be seen kind of a bit like the industrial revolution and the sort of factories billowing smoke into the atmosphere and that kind of thing and smog filling. I mean, I know that kind of stuff goes off in certain areas and in certain countries at the moment still, but yeah, if um, there's definitely the argument that the kind of demand for meat is unsustainable at the rate that that's growing and they're going to have to find a more efficient way of creating meat if people are going to keep eating meat yeah and i've seen people say that uh we'll be eating insects instead of meat yeah yeah per you know per square whatever there's more protein in insects than there is in meat and it's very very easy to grow insects exactly i've had an insect bar really Yeah, yeah it was quite nice was it um, up at the Chef Food Fest, you know, I met you. I don't know yeah. if I'd, I'd fancy it. But that's, oh, what, it's that's right. what it's, it's about, fine. though, isn't it, though? Yeah. It's about changing people's, uh, you know, preconceptions about eating mm. that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. we eat animals. Mm. Why Why wouldn't we eat insects? Yeah, that's true. Fair point. Um, I wonder if, you know, in the same way that you've got your kind of organic, like, if there's a future where, you know, an organic chicken doesn't mean that, oh, it was a chicken that got to stretch its legs and eat plants and all that. But an organic chicken is a chicken that was actually a chicken and not a, pro- a pre-processed thing. And maybe that remains a premium product. So there's a premium mm. if you want to eat an actual chicken mm. rather than the uh, what a scientist says a chicken tastes like. Yeah, I think there's two ways this is going to work out. Assuming that they do get all of their funding and actually all these various companies get off the ground and start mass producing mm-hmm. artificial meat or lab grown meat. Um, you're either going to end up with, as you say, it replacing like everything by default is, is lab grown and you get your very, very expensive real steak from a real cow. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could end up with, I guess kind of the balance that you get between caged hens and free range hens producing eggs in that you can get the cheap stuff 
or you can get the no slightly problem. more expensive but probably morally better version. Mm. I don't know. I think um, I think that would be a hard sell for people if I can't see anyone wanting to eat and eat lab-grown meat. Mm. I mean, if you think about the back and forth about GM crops, do you yeah. remember? I don't. I think generally there's quite a people are for GM crops. I think there's just probably a bit of a vocal minority, but. I mean, if people were concerned over the health implications of that, then when you start talking about meat, I mean, yeah. actually organic, well, say organic, you know, vegetables are organic, but yeah, yeah. meat matter and mm. creating that in a lab, I imagine that's probably going to be a harder sell. Yeah. Even though you could say morally, it's probably the right thing for, to do. For Richard Branson to say that that's going to happen in the next 30 years is crazy, but I, c- I could see it eventually, but just n- probably not in our lifetime. They're marketing it as uh, clean meat. Clean meat, yeah. Which is a good good phrase. That's yeah. somebody thought about that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, basically. And supposedly there's health benefits and things as well in that you kind of all of the sort of E. coli and general bacteria and stuff that you get mm. in meat that means you have to thoroughly cook it and all of that to get rid of that stuff. Um, all of the antibiotics that, you know, I, I read a statistic somewhere that said, I think something like 80% of the antibiotics that are produced in America go into cattle or go into animals. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So all of that kind of stuff that comes in meat as we have it at the moment is just gone. It's so not, I'll be it's able not to, there. I'd be able to buy mince and confidently say right i can just eat this raw i guess <laughs> yum, so yum. i mean i, I don't can't know wait <laughs> you, I, I mean your stomach might still not like it very much but in it'll theory, adapt it'll adapt so it's... yeah the other thing is that it opens the door to is now now if i want an ostrich burger or a kangaroo burger that's a bit of a novelty you mm. have to wait till something like a, a food a f- food festival say um and that would mean that you could have loads of different types of meats and it's as easy as for them to create all of them. So you could say, oh, I feel like having a bit of elephant tonight, say. And mm. there's no there's no ramifications of that. That's just your choice based on how it tastes. But I, I could it's, see a problem. It's not really elephant though, is it? It's <laughs> I feel like having a bit of product CX29. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, at some point does... You know, when it's that manufactured, do you still get to call it elephant meat? Is it just meat? No, because it's not from an elephant. (laughs) But it tastes like it's from an elephant. I'm thinking is if you didn't have an animal on that list, say I've said, oh, I feel like a red panda burger tonight. And then someone says, oh, well, sorry, we haven't actually created the strain for that yet. Does that then mean that the scarcity of red pandas shoots up because everyone's like, oh, we, this is this is an untapped market because no one's able to listen, eat it. Listen to how we're talking. Listen how disgusting this is. Like <laughs> The easiest solution is for everyone to stop eating meat, surely. Uh-huh. It's, but people aren't going to. No. But you could you could stop people mass producing it. Could you? you could, there's well, a demand you could, for it. Well, there's a demand there's a demand for a lot of things that are illegal, but that doesn't mean that... I don't. I don't think any government would be no, no, able to do make it. meat illegal. Uh, I think they probably, if it came to a crisis point, to the point where it was so severely in, in damaging the, the environment in the future, where we can't produce enough meat anyway, I'm and talking, it's also very much damaging the environment. Yeah, I'm and, talking Blade Runner. Right, like, <laughs> we're in a post-apocalyptic society. I don't know. I just think the easiest solution is to convince people to stop eating meat, and then eventually ban it i'm not a vegetarian by the way i, I don't you know okay i'm just uh i think you can definitely see who got to you adam but look, listen how crazy it is that we're manufacturing meat so that we don't have to eat the actual we don't meat have to like, kill it's the actual so animal. weird it is i mean yeah but no, that, at that kind of level it comes down to a taste thing doesn't yeah it? i suppose you, so that's, like, so that's just, what i'm saying just give if, me a pill just give me a pill yeah, but you're talking about elephant burgers and stuff <laughs> no one eats elephants now <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't I don't necessarily follow your logic. <laughs> I do I do think I, mean, I would be if you could give me um, 
I mean, my sense of taste is not great anyway, I don't think. So I probably wouldn't notice if it was close enough. But Mm. if you could give me, you know, two options of either I can buy a steak that's come from a cow that's damaged the environment and all of that and is all involved in the system that we've got at the moment that is horribly flawed, Mm. or you give me a steak that tastes the same and was significantly more environmentally friendly and cost the same slash was cheaper then i'd be all for the the manufactured one i don't well would you eat would you um, would you eat things okay then well what about if you had like a like a mock chicken a mock chicken burger that's made out of like mushroom and tofu paste or whatever would you eat eat, it tastes quite similar to chicken it's it's down to the closeness of it if if the taste and the texture so are the I'm same, s- mm. if I can't tell, if you gave me two burgers and I couldn't tell the difference between them, then mm. but what, why wouldn't I eat the one that's more um, environmentally friendly? But if you saw it on a menu, what would you choose? A chicken burger. They're both, you know, whatever. Same price or whatever, same... Well, at the moment, I would choose a chicken burger. If you could demonstrate to me that actually they taste the same, then I guess I would probably switch over. Mm. Like, I... I tend to order chicken burgers over beef burgers because chickens are more, it's less of an environmental impact to produce chicken. It's more efficient to produce chicken as a meat. So I kind of, I like beef and chicken about the same. So I go for chicken because Mm. it's more, it makes Mm. more sense. Okay. So I guess I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm different to the average person. And Maybe there is some truth to you not being great at taste if you think that chickens... I don't think they taste the same. <laughs> I just I just <laughs> like them about the same amount. Fair enough. If you're going to divorce the idea of meat, of, of clean meat from an actual animal... Because mm. uh, this is the thing. You can... I think at the moment, or at least when stuff started, they were producing it from animals. They mm. were kind of getting stem cells from... Uh, I think pregnant cows that have been killed and stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I've not done a lot of research into this, so don't necessarily take this as as fact. But I believe a lot of the uh, some of the initial tests did come from animals, and they were just growing cells from animal cells. But you can, in theory, and I think people are starting to produce all of this from plants and not involve animals at all. Okay, right. Mm. Scuppers, my next question. My <laughs> next question was like, if you took a bit of human, would you have some human meat? No. Not even <laughs> once. Not even just for a little taste. That is definitely illegal. Mm. Yeah, mm. but would it be if it was just it's just the uh, same principle, isn't it? Principle. I didn't that's why it's free that's why it weirds me out because I mean there are some like as humans eating other humans, there's like historical precedent, like you know, Papua New Guinean tribes that had cannibals or practice cannibalism and then got diseases as a result um but you know maybe it's a one-off or if it's not a relative so (laughs) you're really bringing the sort of let's eat the elephants and the red pandas and why isn't cannibalism legal (laughs) (laughs) i'm just playing devil's advocate i'll play devil's advocate again um there's kind of a a, an anti-vegan argument to be made that as well as giving us lovely tasty meat the re um if you got rid of meat then you would see extinction of various animals because we would have no reason to preserve them yeah what do you think of that do you think that's an adverse effect yeah i, I wondered no. are we are we going to see cows in zoos imagine that a cow in a zoo and you're like <laughs> oh look at that my grandchild <laughs> we used to have fields of these back in my day <laughs> bovinicus extremicus yeah that'd be nice wouldn't it to gaze in wide-eyed wonder at a cow <laughs> i think we are kind of a little bit desensitized just because we see them everywhere but i suppose if you had say a, i don't know a meerkat and a cow side by side a cow if you didn't know what you were looking at is by far the more interesting animal yeah it's a lot yeah, it's, true. it's a very weird looking it's creature a lot, a if you lot going on yeah, yeah. That's weird, isn't it? I never <laughs> even thought about how weird cows look. And they have like... Don't let me get started on sheep. They have <laughs> crazy numbers of stomachs. Yeah, four. Like 
Why? What is this? Everybody else can eat. Horses eat grass. Yeah. Oh, have you seen that picture of a uh, a bear that's been shaved? No. no. Get that up now because it's it's so crazy. I saw a picture of a fat tiger the other day. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the bear picture on the on the blog because it's so interesting. Okay, that is yes, that is weird. It's like really disturbing, and it? it's like an alien. They're very wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> oh bless. And it's like, all these pictures, it's like it's happened to one bear. Yeah, no, because they all look the same. <laughs> one bear. Just... But is it because it's they're all the same, or is it actually just one bear? I think it's probably because they all look the same. Because they look exactly the same. Some of these look like a, a guy in a suit with a bear mask. Andy Circus at it again. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just a something. guy in a baggy suit. <laughs> Man, that's something new. Yeah, Google and um, fat tigers because that's also a bit of a revelation. Fat tigers. Yeah, just because if you think about it, you've never seen a fat tiger before, have you? Yeah, they're usually quite. They're upheld as like it's not kings of the jungle. That's lions and princes of the jungle, perhaps. I don't know what people call tigers, but you think of them as quite lean, svelte, capable, cunning animals. Where if you see a fat tiger, you realise they're just cats, really. When it gets down to it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last story I've got, this is one from France24.com, uh, which is about a new Photoshop law for French uh, advertising, saying that um, all commercial photos that have been digitally retouched will now have to bear a label in accordance with a new French law that aims to combat unrealistic body images and eating disorders. So the law was approved last year. I think it's just come into force this year. Um, we're not talking about all Photoshopping here. It's specifically to do with anything uh, to do with um, photoshopping or airbrushing uh, people's bodies. So it's to do with uh, unrealistic body goals and and, and self-image and mm. things like that. Which is, uh, as far as I know, probably the first, first country to do uh, anything about this. Well, that's where you're wrong. Yeah. I know it was a leading question. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Definitely knew. Um, I don't know if anybody else has done Photoshopping, but there's there's a section at the end of this article that says in 2012, Israel banned models that were too thin. Right. Which is another another mm. part of this. Uh, that's a bit, of the that's French a bit law. weird, isn't it? Well, it's... Because yeah. that's kind of... You know. I think if you're naturally like that but i guess the point is they're underweight and so they are not a healthy body yeah, type uh, it's I not like it's they just happen to be thin it's that they are they have not eaten enough mm. and so putting that out there is something to strive towards is encouraging anorexia and kind of giving these false ideas of beauty to impressionable girls to women uh, who are looking at this etc etc yeah old men i suppose um, yeah but uh one thing that uh, i actually had a, i found an article on a website called um uh, mentalfloss.com which uh, is an article on 11 ways advertisers make food look delicious and actually the kind of the lengths we'll go to although that people will go to kind of unbeknownst uh, yeah you and me may look at model and say okay good there's a representation of an actual human being but even so, the amount of touching up that goes on these photos is is quite obscene. Mm. Like uh, in talking about food uh, specifically in this article, they say that um, one thing that's commonly done is to use glue as a milk substitute in, say, cereal adverts, <laughs> because uh, um, milk tends to make the f make the cereal soggy or be absorbed into it, whereas glue is more is more has more viscosity to it and is you know <laughs> just kind of runs around it and is very white and that hmm. or uh you'll often see when you've got a, an advert and it's got a burger like here's the whopper and you'll often have loads of steam coming off it but it's, instead of constantly having to put it in a microwave and nuke it for five seconds to get steam you'll soak a sponge in in hot water and then like I don't know, put that in the microwave for a second and then put it behind the burger so it looks like the steam's coming off the burger. <laughs> you, did you did you see the, the the other year? I think it was either McDonald's or Burger King came out and they sort of like released a, a video, I think, about why they why burgers look different in photos to 
um, real life. And they were saying that it's to show it's to show you that all the different ingredients that go into a burger, that they'll move all the, the tomatoes and the lettuce and put it right at the front of the burger so it's like poking out of the bread, you know. Right, yeah. But yeah, they like fronted up about it and turned it into like a PR thing. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, and that's fine, I suppose, if it was a real tomato, you know. If you can, yeah. if you can show it and say, I look, we can achieve this. This is actually what it looks like. Then I don't see a problem with that. Think like the thing that I wonder about with this specific law is say makeup. So if you if someone came and they they weren't wearing blusher and you say okay right well let's just let's go in and put a bit of blusher on. Does that constitute? Does that fall under this law? Mm, I mean that's yes. body image. If you're doing it in Photoshop, yes. Yeah. You should have done it in real life. Mm. Do you think you'll have your internet keyboard warriors who are there going okay well this one here didn't actually put the label on it. Let's see, let's see if we can tell from the pixels whether it was done in Photoshop or not. I think like you probably I, would do. Get, I wouldn't put it past the internet. No. That seems like the sort of thing they do. So I think there's a quote here from the French Ministry of Health uh, that says, as of October the 1st, it will be mandatory to use the label retouched photo alongside any photo used for commercial purposes when the body of a model has been modified by an image editing software to either slim or flesh out her figure. Body including face, head? Unclear from that quote. Yeah. Um, but they are specifically talking about increasing your body size or decreasing your body size in this. So it is aimed at anorexia and bulimia and those kind of eating disorders and generally unhealthy portrayals of uh, of bodies so would it just be the words say digitally retouched pretty much i think so yeah but you'd have to have that on the photo because i mean could it could we just get to the point where nothing changes as a result of this and digitally retouched just becomes a thing that you see on every advert um I yeah wonder. probably you could have it like you know how smoking is unhealthy and so it became kind of the advertising standards moral duty to put a picture yeah. of horrible lungs or people vomiting up tar on the fronts of packets <laughs> could you have some horrible grotesque thing just up in the corner <laughs> next to your advert of your svelte kind of model <laughs> i wonder if it'll just push people to have higher standards you know and they say okay well we can't we we want to we want this to be shown as real we can't use um, we can't use digital manipulation. We're just going to have to find find extra beautiful people. So then people see the absence of the digitally retouched label in the corner, and they just think that's a real person. You haven't like digitally done anything with that. That's ridiculous. I guess My the, self-esteem is through the floor. Uh, I guess the argument is that those people don't exist. Mm. Otherwise, they would already be employing them, I suppose. So. I hope that this would move people towards employing realistically sized proportioned people and then showing them as they are. Mm. Yeah, hopefully it wouldn't make everybody just slap digitally retouched on top of everything and just have that as the new standard. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful there uh, cuz that could be that could become like a you know, Primark's uh, summer clothing range and it's a model like uh, hashtag digitally retouched across the front of them. And it becomes <laughs> like a whole thing. And it's like, oh, great. Um, I, it happens. Um, I, or I wonder if that people go to great lengths to kind of circumvent it, like um, using specific lenses to make people look thinner, which I'm sure already happens. Uh, I think there's um, when when people are taking pictures of rooms and things you can get you can get sort of perspective skewed furniture yeah. and things like that can't yeah, you well, to make rooms look bigger and well have you seen like on say the backs of buses um there's a lot i've seen quite a few times the i don't know which clinic or place it is but it's one of these weight loss places and they show you two side by side photos of the same man or the same woman mm. and they're oh, like yeah this is them before treatment and this is them after treatment and Fair enough that they have lost weight. Yeah. But it's also a really good example of how not to take a photo and how to take a good photo. Mm, and you've always got them like, so the, the, the before picture, 
they're wearing baggy clothes they've got no makeup on it's got bad lighting they're looking miserable and they're side on so you can see the full sort of extent of their their gut hanging over their trousers that kind of deal um whereas the and they've got their hair up as well and the the after shot it's taken further back but you don't notice because the hair is now down so the head looks about the same size so everything's actually smaller but you don't really notice mm. they're also taken either front on or in three-quarter view um they've got nice lighting they're wearing makeup they've got a, a good dress or good a smart shirt and stuff on and they look a lot better yeah and it's very much about you can just buy with makeup and the right lighting and the right just the way you frame the photo you can make somebody look a lot better mm. without really changing anything yeah so there you go maybe we don't need to digitally retouch it's uh interesting to see if other countries follow suit or not okay right that'll uh, wrap it up i do uh, i've got a, a kickstarter of the week i'll just put it out there real quick because it's actually quite similar to one that we've had before remember the one the disgruntled teacher and he kept putting all of his students phones in these perspex boxes so they could use them oh, yeah. but only in a slightly limited way well this one here is called phone cell and essentially it's a little box that you put you can put up to four mobile phones in phone cell and uh, you've got a, there's an hour button and a minute button and a lock button and if you want to stop yourself from being distracted you put your phones in this little box you put in three hours 20 minutes lock and for that duration of time you won't be able to open it hmm. phone cell which is kind of you know and it's that typical the typical spiel about um you know what if we didn't look at our phones for a minute that yeah, kind of thing, okay. essentially, which we've heard a million times before. These are the guys actually that did the. Do you remember the no phone? We talked uh, about that yeah. before. It was just a slab of plastic, and it's like, yeah, no phone. It's the perfect phone. It never runs out of battery. It doesn't have a screen. You know, your ironic postmodern phone. Yeah. Well, this is kind of. Well, this this does have some application. In fairness, uh, I don't think there's any option for you to stop the timer so i think if you you know if the phones are in there the phones are in there what about if the uh battery runs out it does have uh, an astonishingly short battery actually uh, uh, it can run for 20 hours on its internal battery mm, which isn't very long considering that it's just like a time clock that's yeah. putting out i mean it is a big time clock and it's kind of you know it, it's constantly got a timer up so that you you know how how much longer until you get to see your blessed phone again. But I mean, just strap a strap an egg timer to a padlock, and you've got. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't need much battery for that. You don't. But you know, if you did feel like paying twenty euros for the privilege of one of these things, you can have it in a preferred color, one of five. Um, yeah. What they should do is, right, this, but. You can only fit two phones in it, and slowly over the course of the time that it's the phones are in there, it rotates. So it's like got a secret kind of bottom. <laughs> so at the end of the charge, you're like, "Phew, guys, we can use our phone again." Open it up; the phones aren't there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be good. That's a Kickstarter. <laughs> this Kickstarter has got a. It's only got 53 hours left to go, and it's only raised eight uh, eight thousand euros of its sixty thousand euro goal. So, um, come on, guys. Let's do this. Let's get this funded. <laughs> this isn't their first product, by the looks of things. No, no phone. They've uh, well, no. This the same company made something called Distractagon, which ah. is the same thing, but less. Instead of kind of like a, uh, you know, a, a clock that is kind of mm. being projected from under a thin, I don't know, rubber thing on the top of the box. Yeah, it's just got a uh, kind of standard electronic oh, yeah. style seven uh not seven segment display but lcd display mm. built into the top of it and kind of looks like exactly the same thing right <laughs> just flip back to the tab with the uh, shaved bear on it <laughs> classic <laughs> right okay uh that'll do us i think that feels like a healthy length for a podcast uh please do drop us an email or a, or a little tweet if you want to talk about anything that we've discussed here today or anything else 
Um, podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk and tweet us at unravelingtech. And then we've got the blog, unravelingtechnology. Any movement on the blog recently? No, I've been busy. Uh, there will be one up this week, next week. It's going to be amazing when it does come. <laughs> uh, and drop us a review on iTunes uh, if you haven't already. Uh, that'll do it. Everybody go and pre-order your Pixel 2s and we will speak to you next week. From all of us here, thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.